Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,226. If you have something in mind that you want to do, just do it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Vancouver, Washington, Trent Campbell. Hey, Trent, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready to go, Mark. All right. Trent Campbell is the president of Car Buff Network. His business is a searchable network based on products, services, events, and much more. Companies can manage their own pages, allowing them to feature projects, list events, endorse other brands and services, and to be listed as a dealer or by the brands they sell themselves. Professional accounts can offer a news feed that work as a clearinghouse for content within their network. He knew that finding businesses online is a challenge, so Carbuff Network was focused on strengths of both the internet and social media platforms. Trent has spent 18 years insuring classic cars, exotic cars, hot rods, and he manages 40-plus automotive events. And a quick shout out to my good friend, Jeff Brinkley, for introducing me to Trent. Jeff, thanks for doing that. Jeff has introduced me to some great people in the automotive world. So Trent, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles? Sure. So I've, like you said, Mark, I've been insuring classic cars, collector cars for the last 18 years. I've been around cars my whole life, grew up going off-road. Uh, with my family in Jeeps and then spent a lot of time doing things as a teenager in cars that teenagers do and and just been kind of a part of my life. Well, this new venture, and let me when I say new venture, how long have you been involved with Carbuff Network? Carbuff Network officially started seven years ago. I was in uh, the first launch launchpad competition at SEMA and then... For the last six years, we've had a booth at SEMA, but it was a, an idea I had probably well, 13 years ago that I started kicking around and asking people what they thought about it and then eventually got serious and went to SEMA with the idea. Yeah, SEMA, great place to launch ideas, products, anything having to do with automotive. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about Carbuff Network and the value that you bring forth to my listeners and to a lot of people in the automotive industry. But first, we're going to continue on your personal journey, and I want to start by asking you for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars, yeah? So, Trent, take the wheel. Someone that I have a lot of respect for is Henry Ford, and he's got a lot of quotes out there. Uh, but the one that I can relate to probably the most uh, in regards to Carboff Network is, and he's he's been credited to this, they don't verify or deny it back at Ford. But if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. And I thought, you know, when I heard that initially, I thought, how interesting at that time, when people were looking at automobiles as something kind of in the distance, them, but he saw it so differently. He wanted everyone to have the opportunity to own a car and drive it. And so at the time, what a shift 
in in the way people looked at uh, the way they got around. So for me, I look at that in the same way for the internet. You know, the internet provides opportunity, but can be kind of daunting, especially for our industry. I think that correlates really well with the automotive industry for the last 10 years. I felt like we've been in kind of a shift for communicating in our industry. We've been so focused on uh, word of mouth. You know, our reputation is how we get new business. That's the way our industry works. But uh, the internet has brought a challenge to that way of doing business. And so I feel like it's time for our industry to really make a shift, which we have been doing with social media. But Carboff, I feel like, can help a lot of companies integrate online. Arena. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, he was a bit of the one of the original disruptors, if you if you would. I mean, when you look at businesses that come in and disrupt a industry that's been around for a long time, and obviously horses had been around for a very long time. When uh, when he came along and, and cars had already been people were making cars, they were being produced, but not at the level and the way he did it, where they were basically being made attainable for the everyday guy, even to the point where he raised wages. So he thought, well, all my workers should be able to drive what they're building. There's a novel idea and raising the minimum wage. So, yeah, I love that. I love disruptors. And you think about even what's happened in the Internet, as you say, in the last 10, 15 years, I mean, simple companies or elaborate companies like Uber and Lyft or Airbnb or Warby Parker Sunglasses or Harry's or Dollar Shave Club. I mean, all these people have come into industries that thought they just had it wrapped up and said, what do people really want here? Uh, ease of use, lower prices, better quality, whatever it might be. So I love that uh, you, in a way, are one of those disruptors as well, Trent. So kudos to you for that. It's fantastic. Well, let's talk about your personal history with cars and go back and have you share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy? I'm not sure there was one moment that I knew. I, I can think of experiences I had. And you know, one that comes to mind is just putting a new exhaust system on my Jeep, you know, starting it up for the first time and smelling that. And I know that probably sounds crazy to people that haven't done that before. <laughs> oh, no, uh, not to us car guys. We're right there with you, Trent. Don't worry. But, You've got a whole a whole group of fans right here smiling at that because we've all done it. Yeah. I mean, there's just certain things like going to a race and smelling the gas, you know, things that just kind of stay with you. So I guess, you know, when I, when I start thinking about memories I have, I realize maybe I'm a car guy and I, you know, car guy, a gearhead, you know, those terms we use in the industry. I don't know. I think there's probably different levels of, you know, how bad we have the disease, really. But for me, generally speaking, I enjoy the freedom of, of driving a car. You know what I mean? So it's just something that kind of gets in, in your blood and, and some people kind of gravitate to this industry. And, and so, like I say, I don't know if it was just one turning point for me. I think it's just a been a series of experiences I've had that that have kind of kept me in this industry. Yeah, no doubt. You know, you, you say the word smells, and I, I get a big smile on my face because when I was in high school, I restored a Volkswagen Carmen Ghia and put a cool ANSA exhaust on that car. And I remember the first time I started it up and went, oh, man, that sounds so good. And uh, 
And even to this day, I, I, my new Cars Yacht TV series, one of the places I went was Straight Up Dubs with Joey Giordano. And he has a bunch of old Volkswagens there. And when I sat in those cars to do the TV show with them, that smell all of a sudden brought back all those memories. It was just, and doctors say that the first thing with children, babies up through all the way through adulthood, smells trigger things because that's one of the first senses that really hits a newborn is the, the smell of things. And especially with foods, I, I've heard that even, for instance, bananas are one of those things that almost some people don't like them, I know, but one of the first foods we eat are bananas because they can mush them up and we can try to chew them with our gums before we have teeth. And the bananas bring some kind of like a inner thing up of, of enjoyment and comfort because you're with your mom or your dad and you're eating those bananas. But yeah, the smell of uh, motor oil, uh, castor oil, a racing fluid, exhaust, all the stuff we shouldn't be breathing, most likely, uh, brings it back. Wow. Well, thanks for taking me back to that great memory for me. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced in your career. And more importantly, tell us what that taught you so that you can learn from that and move forward in a positive light. Sure. Every company has to have failure to realize success and in their different levels. I've talked to so many business owners in our industry that have had setbacks, we'll call it, and but they've learned from them. And and in my company in Carbuff Network, we've had a couple of pretty good setbacks, uh, but they've they've been kind of a, a, a reroute or a redesign for us that ended up being a, a, a blessing, really. So early on we had a programmer that was working with us probably about three years and had had a kind of a, a falling out uh, the vision. He didn't have the same vision that I had and, and ended up turning the lights out one day uh, about three and a half years into the project. And, and uh, so we had to walk away from that and pick up the pieces and, and start over from scratch. And that was at the time, it was a it was kind of a make or break situation for us. We had started to get traffic. We had a booth at SEMA for two years or so, and had a lot of contacts in the industry, and things were looking really good. And so we had to decide: should we keep going, or should we just throw away the last three years? And we decided to go for it. And that was a turning point for us. We, we took it, I guess we took it a lot more serious at that point. We learned a lot. We redesigned the platform. The thing that we walked away from that experience with were the relationships. And I knew before that happened, relationships are very important, especially in the auto industry. But after having gone through that, we maintained the relationships with all of those companies we had. Uh, that next year at SEMA, I went to the show with no website. We had a booth, but no product. And it was painful, but it was powerful for, for me uh, because it made my relationship stronger with the companies that hung in there with us. And today we have fantastic uh, relationships. So that was a, a setback, but it really ended up moving us forward a lot faster than it probably would have without that. Yeah. A refocusing, if you will. I always say to people who are starting things and trying things and they, they hit roadblocks or they feel like quitting, I say, you know what? When you feel like quitting, really stop and think about why you started. 
And if you could put your mindset back to why you started what you were doing and erase the pain of what's going on at that moment, I mean, for you to have the whole thing, the, literally the lights turned off, if you will, the website shut down. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That could be just something where you go, ah, this is too hard or I quit or this is just, but I love the fact that you did a big pivot there and to show up at SEMA without a product and say, we're still here. We're still trying to put something together. Very brave. Uh, kudos to you and your team for doing that. Fantastic. No, thanks. I don't know if brave is the word. I just maybe a little stubborn. <laughs> there you, you know, go. But- well, entrepreneurs need a lot of tenacity. Uh, you need to, you know, be a bulldog. Yeah, power through and just keep on going like a race car driver. Never, ever give up. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your own personal history with cars. Is there a first vehicle that you had that really had great meaning for you? Yeah. So for me, it was a Jeep. Uh, It was a Wagoneer, 78 Wagoneer. My grandpa bought it new. So I grew up with this Jeep, uh, spent a lot of time in it. The engine was getting tired and he gave it to me and my brothers. And uh, my dad said, you guys can drive it. We just need to get it running again because it it quit running. So we got it running and ended up, uh, that ended up being my car. And we lifted it and put lockers in it and did all the things that you would do to try to make it uh, trail worthy. It just was, it, it was a great vehicle for me, something that, I probably washed it two times a week for about four years. I mean, I just love that, that Jeep. And yeah. so, you know, for me, it was special probably more because it was my grandpa's, my yeah. grandpa's Jeep. But yeah, uh, no doubt. Well, the, the 78 Jeep Wagoneer, you think back to the seventies. I mean, that was one of the, the early SUVs before anybody even used the term, I believe SUV. Uh, there weren't too many other vehicles on the road that, you know, maybe the, the suburban that had been around for a while. Uh, that fit that mold, but that became a classic. And of course, for uh, urbanites driving, uh, you know, kids around and packing kids into cars and the wood siding that was on a lot of those, uh, the, the fake wood that ran down the side. Did yours have that? This particular one didn't, but we we had a couple in the family that did. So yeah, yes. classic. Yeah, remember those cars well. Well, how about Sellers Remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go you really wish you had back? <laughs> so, so there's two. That's one of them. So when, when my, my uh, first daughter came along, my Jeep was sitting in the backyard and we didn't drive it. And my wife and I decided it made a lot of sense for us at the time to sell it. So we did. And, uh, you know, if I could get anything back, that would be the, that would be the one. I'd love to get that Jeep back. And, you know, I'm not giving up, but uh, my wife had a, had a 76 Toyota pickup truck that we actually just got back couple months ago and we've been oh, trying you're to get kidding. That. no so we've been trying to get that back for 15 years and finally <laughs> uh just kind wow. of fell in our fell in our lap so one out of two isn't bad but i'd love to get that jeep back yeah wow well that's uh, there that tenacity that's in your nature uh, coming out 15 years chasing a, a truck you wanted back so that's pretty darn cool well, I would love for you to share a lot more with our listeners right now about car buff network can you get a kind of a little bit in depth here about what this is, why people would use it, what are the different kind of ways to use it. You're very easy to find, carbuffnetwork.com. People can go and see, but what can they expect to find there and why should they be at Carbuff Network? Okay, yes. So Carbuff Network started out as an idea for me about 16 years ago. As I was building my insurance agency, I was struggling to find companies. I knew that they were around 
that specialize in paint, upholstery, you know, all of those general services that you need on a collector car. I wanted to network with them for my insurance, but they weren't easy to find. And so the idea of, of the website came up because I really was searching for something like this online. And so as I started to kind of build in my mind what it would look like, I met with a good couple of friends of mine, actually my CPA and my attorney. And I said, Hey guys, I have this idea. I just want to know, what do you think about this? Should I, should I try to pursue this? And after uh, we sat down for lunch and talked over that, they both said, yeah, we think it's a good idea. So I was at a car show after that. I was at a car show one day and somebody came up to me and asked me about upholstery, but they started the conversation with, Hey, Trent, you're a car buff. Who would you recommend for upholstery on my car? And it just, that resonated with me almost like a history buff, uh, but for cars. And, and so I, you know, the thought crossed my mind that, Hey, there's, we're, we're all kind of a car buff. Uh, we all have our own networks. People ask me all the time who I'd recommend for paint or upholstery or engine work. And so that kind of propelled the idea of building a website that would show the networks of companies. And so we started to brainstorm, started to build it. And Carbuff Network really is, it's a way to figure out the DNA, if you will, of a car. So if you're at an event, a race or a show, and maybe you walk by a car that is really uh, catches your eye or a vehicle wins a race, generally you want to know who did it, you know, what components went into it. There might be something that you want to do on your own car that you've been trying to figure out, well, who should I take it to? What part should I put on it? That's Carbuff Network. It, it helps people identify what companies are involved in their build and then take it to the next step. It started out with the idea of let's help people figure out who's involved in the cars and what it's evolving into is more of a social platform where as a manufacturer, let's say I have a new product that's coming out. I want to share it with my dealers or distributors on Carbuff Network. A manufacturer can post a new product on the site. They can tag their dealers. It goes into their, the company, the manufacturer's newsfeed. It goes into the dealer's newsfeed. And it's a great way to get information out uh, through the dealer channel. What we've found is in this industry, a lot of times what we hear is the manufacturers send the information out, but it doesn't get past the distributor uh, often. And usually it's probably because they're busy. A lot of the distributors are shops. So they want to know what information is coming and they want their customers to know about it. But by nature of their business, they're just generally really busy. And so we've designed it so that the manufacturers can get that information to the dealer, but actually goes through the dealer and it doesn't stop there. It's things like that, that we're trying to solve challenges in the industry on Carbuff Network. And over the last seven years, we've gotten a lot of uh, feedback from manufacturers, from shops, from event organizers, and try to figure out where are the pain points in the industry and we're addressing those. 
Very cool. Very cool. Well, I commend you for what you're doing. I see the need. That explains now the name. I was going to ask you where the name come from. Uh, so yeah. now we know where the name come came from. Trent is a car buff like the rest of us. Very, very cool. And I'll make sure I put a link to Car Buff Network, but it's easy to find, carbuffnetwork.com. And you can see, go there, uh, look around. You'll find all sorts of very cool things in all different categories of the automotive industry. Very nicely done. Well, Trent, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom patterned for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah! Podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah! TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah! is now on MAV-TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah! guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MAVTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah! TV. MAV-TV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MAVTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Trent, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, a vehicle, parked in the garage, what would Trent be and why? You know, I, I've i alluded to my Jeep a couple of times, and I've, I've thought a lot about you know what cars interest me. I have access to a lot of cars. I, a, a good friend of mine has a collection of cars, and he, and I actually oversee his collection. I have access to cars from Selena 7s. Uh, he's got a McLaren 720S. He's got all kinds of really cool stuff. And those are all really fun cars to drive. But for myself, I think I, I identify with my Jeep. And and the reason for that, it's kind of an explorer, exploring vehicle. I, I love to explore trails. I, in fact, we live about an hour and a half from the Pacific coast and we have to drive through the mountain range there the coastal range and i'm always looking as we're driving down the road there 
there's always trails that, that I'm wondering, I wonder what's down that trail. I, it's just, maybe it's just in my nature to explore, but I love doing that. So I think the Jeep is, is a good example of that because it's, uh, it's a vehicle that I, I think was built to explore. And so that's what I identify with. There you go. Nice way to answer that question. I love it. Perfect. And since you're a neighbor just a couple hours south of me here, uh, down there in beautiful Vancouver, I know exactly what you mean. Driven on many of those roads. And I've thought myself, you look down some of these logging roads or side roads, you go, wow, I wonder where that goes. But uh problem is in my, my Porsche, I wouldn't do very well going down some of those roads. I need my, my 959 off-road Dakar Rally Porsche, if I even had one. Uh, would be a nice one to have to take down those roads, but a Jeep will do just fine. Well, I'm going to enter you into what I call here the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that Jeep throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, the best best automotive advice would have to be don't give up. I've applied that to my life, and I think any that's applicable to anybody anywhere. But just not giving up when things get hard. Yeah, great advice. How about a personal habit? You talked about tenacity, but is there a personal habit you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Uh, yeah, I I don't know if you would consider it a, ha- a habit, but for me, when I go to an event, I try to be the first one there and the last one out. I just <laughs> I I feel like networking is the key to success, and you never know when you're going to run into somebody or you know come across somebody that. Uh, maybe you make a connection with, or they're looking for something, or you just make a new friend. But uh, for me, it, it's about being there early and, and leaving late when that's possible. Yeah, I do the same thing. I'm usually the first one there if I go to a cars and coffee or car event. I get the best parking spot, and usually when I come back from talking to all the people I run into, uh, my car's the last one sitting there. The guy's saying, "You got to move your car. Uh, we're opening up this <laughs> lot for you know customers." So okay, yeah. I'm out of here. Same with races or any event. Yeah, get there early. I mean, that's a beautiful time of the day to walk around, especially vintage races, uh, any racing event. As soon as the gates open, uh, you get to a whole new flavor before things get crazy. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources these days. Uh, is there one you'd like to share with us? I would say it's not necessarily open to the general public, but it certainly does a lot of good for the car industry, and that's SEMA. Uh, SEMA is one of those organizations that is just a powerhouse in the industry. They do so much to propel uh, the industry. And so I would say anybody could take a look at what SEMA is doing, whether it's over in Washington, D.C., trying to promote uh, the hobby or just trying to help companies get ahead. So I think SEMA is a great resource. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've had Wei Kawasaki, who's the current director of SEMA on the show. Lots of people from SEMA. I've attended SEMA 30 years in a row now. Uh, wonderful event. And if you work in the industry or you're part of that, definitely is something you want to attend to be a part of. There's so many great resources with SEMA, SEMA.org. Now, if I could wave my magic wand. Oh, by the way, I'm going to add, of course, another great resource, this Carbuff Network, to your answers there, because uh, what you're providing there is a great resource for this. Now, if I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to talk or sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? It would have to be Henry Ford. That guy is so inspiring to me, what he was able to do, uh, his perseverance, his ingenuity, 
he'd take good things and make them better. I mean, it was all about just trying to help people. And, you know, he, he just, I think really set our industry, set a standard for our industry for a long time. So I have a lot of respect for what he was able to do. That'd be pretty darn cool. How about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy reading and learn a little bit from? You know, it's not an automotive book, but I think it's very applicable to our industry. And it's a book written by Spencer Johnson. Uh, the title is Who Moved My Cheese? And <laughs> yes, I love that book. <laughs> it's an easy read. You can read it in an hour, but it's so true. You know, the principles of not getting complacent, but looking for opportunity and, and being able to uh, pivot or move with with change and accept it embrace it and not not just uh, be irritated that things are changing because they are. Yeah, you know, I love that book. I gave that book to my kids when they transferred from junior high to high school because that's a big changing time in life and they've got to flow with that, understand it. And then again, when they went off to college, uh, and then again, I reminded them, hey, read that book again as you get into your career because people will be moving your cheese for the rest of your life. And uh, you won't see it coming, but at least you'll be prepared for it and you'll somewhat understand, okay, yeah, dad told me. It's it's a great book for people all levels, ages, uh, wonderful book. I relate to it very, very closely. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources. Trent has been so kind to share on his very own Cars yeah, show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Trent Campbell, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, and that page will pop right up. All right, Trent, we are up to the checkered flag. This is a fun question. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet today. doesn't matter who it belongs to, where it is. I'm going to park it in your garage, but there's a couple rules to this game. It's the only collector car you can have, so choose wisely. You have to drive it. No garage queens allowed here on Cars Yeah. I want you to get out on the road and have some fun. And you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other to- a bunch of other toys with that old Jeep from Grandpa. So choose wisely, my friend. You know, I would honestly, it, that's that's a hard one. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. I don't want to make well, it too easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> As an insurance agent, I've seen about everyone out there. I I've driven a lot of them, and, yeah. and I maybe maybe with that experience, I would have to say probably. My wife's truck is probably the one because your wife's it, truck. Uh, oh my crazy, gosh! <laughs> I know. As crazy as that sounds, I guess for me, it, it's more about the memories and about uh, what's meaningful to people in my life. And so, you know, she's happy yeah. having it back. I have access to other stuff, but that truck, you know, means the world to her. So that's it. Yeah. So remind us again the year, make, and model of your wife's truck. <laughs> it's a 1976 Toyota long bed pickup pickup truck. Nothing special, but it was her first vehicle, you know. So it's super special to yeah. her. Wow, we well, made it easy today. You're a cheap date. I don't I'm have to buy date. anything for you. <laughs> You've already got it. Yeah. I got so it. Uh, maybe I'll just drive down and wax it for you. That's you yeah. know, make it look shiny. I'm good <laughs> at that, but. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Well, that's very interesting. But you know what? It's great, the reason why. And you bring back something that is something that comes up here repeatedly on Cars. Yeah, and that is these vehicles, most of the time, it's not about the car specifically. It's about the history, memories, what the cars mean to us, the memories of those people around those vehicles. 
That's what it's all about. And when you go to car events, yeah, the cars are there and they're cool, but it's about meeting up with friends, meeting new friends. That's what's so great about the car hobby and about old cars. So I'm so happy that you have the car of your dreams. Not too many people on this show after 1,226 guests can say that. So uh, you're a very fortunate guy. Of course, you made your own fortune, so that makes it even more special. Trent, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom before you and your wife drive off down one of those logging roads in that 1976 Toyota long bed? I would say if you have if you have something in mind that you want to do, just just do it. If it's going to benefit you and the people around you, uh, Carbuff Network was kind of an idea. Now it became a dream. Now it's becoming a reality. Just don't give up on things that are important and meaningful. Absolutely. And what's the best way for people to follow along with you? Uh, The best way for people to follow along with me, uh, carbuffnetwork.com. It's a journey. There's a lot of people that are involved in it. And it's something that I, I don't know where, where we're going with it completely because it keeps evolving. But that that is my journey right now. There you go. And is there a website for your insurance company for people that live in your area or anywhere where they might reach out to you about insuring their automobiles? You know, I, I have a profile on Carbuff Network. I actually don't. Kind of a funny story. I went to a web developer 16 years ago to build me a website. And I told them how specific it had to be because my business was word of mouth at the time and uh, ended up building Carboff Network and never built a website for my insurance industry. So, or, sorry, my insurance <laughs> but they can agency. Find you, they, they, but they can find you through Carboff Network, right? They can. Campbell Agency. Uh, I have a profile on Carboff Network. Campbell Agency. Very cool. All right. Well, again, listeners, I'll make sure I put links to this up on Trent's show notes page. Check out Carboff Network. I think you're going to find it really, really valuable. Thank you, Trent, for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Have a great day. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPIC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!